My name is Yemi, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Philia. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Treading, Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations surrounding our everyday lives, our relationships, and our faith walk with Christ. So, Philia, what are we diving into today? Well, Yemi, we are unlocking wisdom through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs compiles numerous short instructions for living an effective life on earth, and it concerns itself completely with instructing people in the path of wisdom. Today, we are in week 22, and we will be reading The Grind of Financial Irresponsibility. It will be taken from Proverbs 3, 10, 16, 22, 23, and 28. Buckle up. All right. <laughs> and I will begin. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Proverbs 10, 22. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs 16, 16. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen above silver? Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Proverbs 22, 26 to 27. Do not be among those who give pledges, among those who become guarantors for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take your bed from under you? Proverbs 23 verses four to five says, do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. When you set your eyes on it, it is gone. For wealth certainly makes itself wings like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. Proverbs 28, 19 to 20 says, he who tills his land will have plenty of food but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty in plenty. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. Proverbs 28, 32. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know that want will come upon him. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, we can clearly see, I mean, that, being too hasty for wealth is not something that um, God wants. He wants us to be mindful, to be practical, and to also be giving of our financial blessings because it can always be taken away from us. I mean, for when we look at the um, the ways of what financial irresponsibility is, it's not to be wasteful. It's to use your financial wealth to help those who cannot help themselves. It's to use it for or to give it to you know to the poor so that they too can can be able to help themselves. I mean, there is a proverb, an African proverb, where they say, "You teach a man to you know, you give a man fish for um, a day, you feed him for a day. But if you teach a man to fish," then you feed him for, or you feed him for life. So it's also the idea for us not to be very wasteful, not to spend our money on frivolous things, but to be very mindful and also giving back to God, whether it is to give back to your church, give back to the people, give back to your community. Those are all things that we must give. We show our wealth and get our financial blessings. 
Yeah, I think it's super important that we focus on being good stewards of our finances. Not only are there lots of proverbs on our wealth and how we manage money, but we also know that Jesus gave parables concerning wealth, right? He gave um, either the same amount in the two different parables, the same amount to the three um, servants, or he gave different amounts according to their ability. And whoever did more with it gained, whoever did nothing <laughs> lost. And so these proverbs here are intended to give us these financial principles so that we use money wisely. Like money is this paper currency that we have here on earth. It's not the currency for our soul. It's not what we, it's not what we use to gain it to heaven, but what we do with the money can give us points, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> to heaven, right? Because like Philia said, we are supposed to use our money to serve others. We don't serve wealth. We use it to serve others in the kingdom of God. So even the first proverb, which says, honor the Lord from your wealth um, and from the first fruit of your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Essentially, this is making sure that you're, you're redistributing your wealth in a way that builds the Christian community, that gives to others, that helps. It's not just for you, but it also says that when you give to God's kingdom, God will give back to you. Like you'll never, your coffers will never be empty if you're giving to the church. Essentially, that's a principle. And we know there's many churches that preach on the principles of tithing and giving. So there's many, many scriptures to support it. The author gives us six principles for money, good money management. And um, the six are those who honor God with their money are blessed in return. Just set, talked about that. The second, those who make riches their passion lose more than they gain. Third is wisdom gives wealth guidance. Fourth is increased riches means increased complications. More money, more problems. <laughs> Five is money can't buy life's most valuable possessions. And six, if handled wisely, money can be a means of great encouragement. But if mishandled, great stress. Wow. You know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned these six principles because those six principles, if we follow and believe them, we won't have as many money problems. You know, uh, I think that when you are not, when you don't have access to money, people always think that money solves all problems. You know, if I only had money, I would not be stressed. I would not be depressed. I'll be able to do so much for my family and for my friends. I could buy any car, any house. But what you don't understand also is that if you have more money, there are, there are more problems because now you have more people asking. Yeah. You are more fearful of your safety yes. because people are aware that you have more money. Um, you, you know, at the end of the day, when you are sick and it's your time, that money is not going to save your life no matter what, because I think that's the thing is like when people, you know, are on their deathbed, I'm sure if they can buy their lives back, they would. But at that time, they realize that it's God is the, is God's grace that, that can only, and his mercy that can also save you. So I think that having more money is a wonderful thing. We all want more, but what you're doing with your money is what's important. And that's the reason why even in the book, they talk about people who are lottery winners who sometimes end up broke because they're not used to being able to, to manage their money at the time when they didn't have a lot of it. So once they get it, they become frivolous. They 
don't really think about giving back to God in any form or fashion. They don't necessarily think of giving back to those in need. Instead, all they want to do is continue to be greedy or, or try to satisfy all those immediate gratifications that they were looking for when they did not have the money. And that's not what God wants for us. Exactly. I think the last thing you said is this principle number two, right? Like we can't make money an idol for us, right? right. Those who make riches there passion lose more than they gain, right. right? Like, can you imagine that, that if you chase after money, that you, you're actually going to lose more? Right, right. <laughs> it sounds counterintuitive, but think about isolating people because you only, you're chasing the almighty dollar. Mm -hmm. Like I work, 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 work. Cause I need the money, but now you don't have relationships mm -hmm. or you might even, you might want money so bad that you go out and steal it. And what happens? You're going to go to, you're going to go to prison. Right. What are you going to do with the money in prison? <laughs> you don't have to pay it back and anyway, more. I'm sorry. There was just something that came up that made me think about this. And the sad thing is actually heard it today where a landlord set a fire on a family that didn't pay, you know, that just owes like, like several months or years of rent. I'm just thinking here, this landlord was so concerned so much of the money instead of either going through the legal process, you know, of getting this family out or just banking on their government programs sometimes that pay back and try to help families cope instead chooses to bring harm to this family because they owe that now he loses the house, he goes to prison, you know, for God knows how long and everything that he was actually looking for, he now completely loses. So it just makes me even think about what extreme sometimes people would do just for money and, and to the point where they're doing evil things, yeah. you know, as opposed to um, thinking of giving back or thinking of giving those who, who actually need it more than, more than yourselves. And there are so many examples in the Bible that show those who are greedy or those who are wealthy, who have not given back, how so much has been taken away from them. I agree 100%. If, if you don't give, you will not gain in return. We thought, um, I think you were thinking about the, um, the parable of the man who was storing up yes, until I was. <laughs> he had nothing right. and, and he died the next day. So you store up and you die the next day and it's like, uh, you, did you can't get that. into heaven right. <laughs> because right. you didn't do what you needed to do while you're on or while you're on earth. Right. I mean, the Proverbs gives us an excellent example in 28, 19 to 20 and 22. It says he who tills the land will have plenty of food. Mm -hmm. Work, <laughs> work. Right. But he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty in plenty. Don't follow get rich quick schemes. I mean, I, I have to be honest. I bookmark a couple of those things on Instagram, but you know, it's by the grace of God that I don't follow through with those things. <laughs> a faithful man will abound with blessings. Be faithful, faithful in your giving, faithful in your serving, faithful in your Christian principles. Right. But he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and do not know what um, that want will come upon him. Yes, like you yes. don't know what will happen if you're chasing after money. Mm -hmm. we, if we believe in God as our provider and caretaker and all of these things, we have to say like God will provide all of our needs according to his riches. And we know his riches are plentiful. Whenever we have lack, we can go to God and he can provide provisions for us or a way to have provisions. But you know, it's not of God if it's evil. If the way you're going to gain money, your wealth is negative, it's unchristian, it's theft, anything, that is not of God. 
Because we can ask God to open doors for us, but the devil can open doors. So just have some discernment on how you're obtaining your wealth. You can lose so much if you go down the wrong path. You know, uh, the Proverbs 22 verses 26 and 27 says, do not be among those who give pledges, among those who become guarantors for debt. Now, if you have nothing with which to pay, then why should you take your bed from under you? Now, I found that pretty interesting because that also shows the idea of financial irresponsibility. So it's not just the idea of being able to give. It's also knowing that you have something for yourself and your family to be able to um, upkeep you, but also be mindful in your giving as well, because God will always supplement you, but you also need to make sure that you're, you're okay and being taken care of. You don't take the bed from underneath just to be able to give, because that's also being smart and not being financially irresponsible. Excellent, Philia. Right. That is principle number three. Yes. <laughs> Wisdom gives wealth guidance. Right. So if you have to give, you shouldn't give to your detriment. I think there's, there's some of us who do that because our Christian, our Christian beliefs is like, if someone needs, you, you give. Right. And there are plenty of people in need, but do you want the bed from under you to be so gone, gone because <laughs> you're so busy giving? Like you're not building for yourself because you're so busy pleasing others. It reminds me of like keeping up with the Jones or like just being too kind. That particular proverb you read when you read that, Philia, <laughs> and when I read it before, I said to myself, Wow, this is when people get into relationships and they become like a co-signer or they put (laughs) people on their bank accounts and they just, you know, like this has happened. This has happened a lot Mm -hmm. in different relationships that I've heard. And it's Mm -hmm. usually the woman who gets taken advantage. It's usually the man who takes this money. Either they have bad credit and then the woman co-signs and then they ruin their credit or they, they, they put the man on their account and the man takes money for very selfish reasons. So, you know, we're encouraged to love and trust our men and to be open in these relationships and to be sharing, but not to your detriment. Now, if the person didn't have good money management skills, which is a premarital question you should ask. Right, right. Uh-huh. Even, if the, even if the church doesn't ask, make sure you ask this question. Right. What are your finances like? Correct. Right. What are your debts? Your what is your credit score? <laughs> right. Let me see your report. Correct. Why is this? Because you can help them. You can right. say, okay, we can take care of this. This is what we can do. Right. Okay. Not to your sometimes, detriment. not to your detriment, Correct. right? Like if you have the money to give, give. But sometimes I say to myself, I don't even like to loan money. Right. I'm Rather just going to give. give it. Right. So I'm going to give you what I can but I'm not going to loan because I don't want to live in the expectation that you're going to give me back. And I don't want to give to my detriment. So don't be a guarantor for anybody's loan. Don't be a co-signer for anybody else's thing. If you don't have it. And especially if the person is, doesn't know how to manage their money. Correct. Correct. Use wisdom to guide you with your wealth. I wish I read this when (laughs) I was co-signing for, you know, whose car cars multiple times. And now this person drives a by far better, more expensive vehicle. Credit is like 150 points and higher than mine. And here I'm left and I did not obviously know this proverb. So now I know, you know, you, you know better, you will do better. Yes. Right. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to say no regrets because had that not occurred, it would not lead me for me to, to, to find this, like, you know, find myself to be able to, to listen to the word and be able to ingest it, to understand that God talks about this all the time, you know? And it also reminds me last week when we had our live that same night, 
I went to the gas station and a homeless person came to ask for for money or something. And I told him I didn't have cash. He said, oh, well, would you mind just getting me something to drink? I'm thirsty. So, you know, me, very hard to say no. I'm like, I'll see what I can do. That That's my version of, I'm not quite sure yet. Let me feel it out after I pump my gas. So finish pumping my gas. He's waiting for me. <laughs> so now I'm feeling pressure and I'm like, okay. So I'm like, what do you want? And he said, oh, okay, I can get something. I'm like, sure. So we go into the gas station and he gets a Nesquik. I'm like, okay. Then I see him circling around. He gets a croissant. Then he goes back and gets a vitamin water. And now the gas attendant and the cashier is laughing because he sees exactly what's going on. And my face is like, I thought we were just getting something to drink. And then he brings all of these things to the table. And he said, oh, can I get one more thing? I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course he could get one more thing. And of course he doesn't get one thing. He ends up getting a half gallon of milk and Oreos and tells me that he needs it for tomorrow. So thank you and God bless me. I just I just paid. I kindly tapped and paid but, and it came up to 1440. So my whole thing is, and I, I called you immediately when it happened and yes. you just laughed. And I was like, this, this is why <laughs> this is, this stuff only happens to me. Of course. Of course. I, I don't think I would have given him $14 and 40 cents. You understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So that's the problem with the financial responsibility to be able to just tap and go because you don't feel it in the same way of being able to go into your wallet and take out cash to give someone. Yeah, yeah. It's just so easy. You don't see the money. The transaction happens seamlessly, but your $14 less in your bank account. Right. So it's that fine line between being able to give and being smart about it. Yeah. Anybody else I told, they were like, he said something to drink. The minute he got that Nesquik, you'd be like, excuse me. He said, fine. I even understand the croissant, but the Oreos and the milk and the vitamin water, like they, they kind of made fun of me. They were like, he has better food than you. Like, and you know, so it's just kind of funny. And I laughed it off. And of course this is past, you know, this happened last Wednesday, but it was just kind of funny that that these are the things that happen. You just got to be smart. You yeah. know, you just got to yeah. be smart about it. So. You got to be smart in the situation. <laughs> I mean, there are people who will take advantage. Correct. There is a sucker born every second. Yeah, I'm not right. calling you a sucker. No, no, but I get but, it. I get it. You know, like the, the in, in instance, sometimes we are all suckers, right? right? Like we fall for the instances where people will tell us, I, you know, I've given money to people who didn't need it, who like bamboozled me right. and stuff like that. But you just get wiser. You get stringent. Honestly, I feel like if I don't have it in my pocket easily to give, I'm not giving because I don't want to open my purse. I don't want to be in a situation where someone is like, oh my God, but I see that 20. You know what I mean? Can I have that 20? Because of course you're going to give it, right? Because you have so much more than this person. But like being more cautious, especially us living in New York City or like more cautious of our purse Mm because people can dig into it. People take it back. This is a city where people will hustle you if they can And it's not that for us to not give, but to be wise about how we're giving, who we're giving to, and when we're giving, and what we have and what we have the ability. Thank God you have the ability to give this man $14.40 worth of food Food. and drink. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, someone, next thing you know, it could be like $2,000, $5,000. People find ways to take advantage of us. So God is telling us, well, the Proverbs is telling us that we need to be wise about our our, our finances. I feel like made a good 
point about that whole tap and go. Maybe that's something we need to pay attention to. Uh, if we are running down our bank account, don't know where money goes, maybe we need to put ourselves on a budget. Maybe we need to take out the cash and not just tap and go. Yes, I agree. I agree. You know, there was um, something that Swindle had mentioned that I thought was really interesting. And I think what he mentioned was another WAG once described you know, our economic times with those particular definitions. So a recession is when the man next door loses his job. So when I think of that, it's like, oh, wow, that's so sad. We're still a little disconnected from it because it's not really happening to us. But then depression becomes when you lose your job. And then uh, panic is when your wife loses your job, you know? (laughs) So it's interesting to put those three things into perspective because it shows how, as a society, how when something is not directly impacting us, we behave, we act, we respond differently. But when it's us, it's like, oh, you know, the world is falling, it's collapsing, yeah. and there's damage control that we have to do. And I find it interesting where panic happens when your wife loses, you know, her job because it's like, what? How am I supposed to be able to now provide for you and the family? I think these are times, and this is why in showing this, this is why you have to have a safety net. This is why you can't be frivolous. That's why you have to think about tomorrow. That's why you have to create something for your children, you know, and that's really about what financial wealth is. It's not just about the now, it's about later. I think that this was really a great, like, you know, way to segue into just being able to understand, especially because the year is ending, you know, so it's like, if it's something that we haven't done, this is something that we have to start thinking about so that, you know, 2024 can be better and we can leave this year instead of at a deficit, look at it as something that we've gained because there's no downside to discovery. Right. And all the truth need is in this book. <laughs> Amen to that. I, 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 it's so funny that you mentioned that mm-hmm. the end of the year is coming and Christmas season is the season where I spend the most amount of uh, money. And I'm always thinking to myself, like, how do I curtail this? How do I get better? So I'm actually trying to come up with ways that we do, like, we're not getting, like, even the family, the adult children, mm-hmm. we're not each getting gifts from every single person. We are kind of like rotating it or figuring that out. I mean, to be honest, like everyone who's coupled up can give coupled gifts by me single is only coming from my pocket. (laughs) So even if I have to give the kids a gift, it's just me. It's not me and my partner giving that kid a gift. Um, but you know, more money, more problems. <laughs> money, more problems. That's going to be the name of this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we want to use these principles, um, these money management principles from the Bible to give way to us being better with our wisdom, um, with, better, better with our wealth. We all want to achieve greater wealth, but we need to choose wisdom first because if we don't choose wisdom before wealth, we will lose the wealth we have. It will, the wealth will not sustain and we might not even know how to get the wealth. So let's choose wisdom over wealth and let's use our money financially reasonable, responsible, and giving. Amen to that. <laughs> Stay tuned for our prayer and closing announcements. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today as we discuss the importance of being financially responsible through the lens of Proverbs. We hope you enjoy the discussion, but before we wrap, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close in prayer. 
First, we would like to announce that we will be back next week with another podcast in the season of Unlocking Wisdom Through the Book of Proverbs. We will also be hosting our next Wisdom Wednesday live on YouTube tonight, November 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel, Treading Faith. Treading Faith is also our Instagram handle, so follow our IG page to keep current on what's happening with Treading Faith. Our podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, our website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm, and where other podcasts are found. You can subscribe and share with friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Lastly, don't forget to add another note to your faith box or jar. The faith box, which I'm calling God's good gifts, is a box or jar where you keep weekly accomplishments, reminders, testimony, or any other good news. At the end of the year, you review the contents to remind yourself and have insight of God's presence in your life year-round. It's okay if you're not consistent weekly and it's not too late to start. Nothing is too big or too small to include. This is something personal and just for you. Now, let's join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55, 11, God's word will not come back void. And because we also believe that our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Lord, Father, God in heaven, we give you glory and honor. We thank you, Father, for covering us. We thank you for waking us up. We thank you for keeping us safe. We thank you for the protection of our friends and family. Father, we gather in your name and we welcome your presence. According to Matthew 18, 20, when two or more are gathered in his name, you are present. Father God, thank you for the lessons that you are teaching us through the book of Proverbs. Thank you for the lessons on financial responsibility. Many of us focus on the things of the world and all the wants, but we serve a God who supplies all our needs. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters for he either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Father God, if our hearts lean towards money, Father God, we ask for intervention of the Holy Spirit to turn our hearts around so that we may only serve you and then we may only seek you first above all things. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some wander away from the faith and pierce themselves with many pangs. Father God, let us not be pierced with the pangs of striving for wealth in this life that comes at the expense of our faith our family, and our health. Father God, let us only strive for wealth that is ordained and blessed by you. Let us submit all our plans to you and ask you to financially bless us. Oh, Father God, it's not to say that we should ever be lazy and not toil because we know that you, Father God, bless those who toil, those who do the work. But Father God, from whatever we reap, we must give to you and serve the kingdom of God. Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We thank you, Father God, for always being with us, for never leaving us or forsaking us, even when our when we stray away and chase after money instead of chasing after your love. Father God, we know that you are faithful. Father, if we chase after you, you will 
provide us with all things. Father, if our hands, if we look at our hands and we say that we are content, Father God, we know that there is wisdom in being content and that no, we know that there's wisdom in knowing that money is not more valuable than love and life and you. Philippians 4.19 says, and may my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, you shall remember that the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, and he may confirm that his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Father God, we thank you for the covenant that you have established with our forefathers, that you will bless us. Oh, Father, but we know that every good thing comes from you. So we give you praise and honor and glory right now. We thank you, Father God, for supplying all of our needs. We know that what you have is abundance. You can do exceedingly above all that we can even imagine. So, Father God, we come to you first with all of our needs. Oh, Father God, because we know if we knock the door will be open. We know if we seek, we will find. And if we pray to you, we will be answered. Luke 16, 11 says, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Oh, Father God, we know that sometimes we have been unfaithful what we have. We know that we have held back from giving to you and giving to others because we wanted to keep for ourselves. This is not to say that we give at the expense of ourselves, but Father God, let our hearts be kinder. Let our hearts be more giving. Allow us to seek opportunities or realize opportunities for us to give and serve. Father, not just with our money, but with our talents and our time. Oh, Father God, let us pour out of us a spirit of giving so that we may produce and reap the good fruit that you have for us. Father, we know that you will bless us if we give. Father, it is very hard because society teaches us that we must keep all of our money, that we must constantly count our coins. But you, Father God, we put deposit our coins into the bank of our Father God in heaven. We give to you because all of this is of you and from you. None of this belongs to us. So we thank you for what we have. And we ask that, Father God, that you direct us, you lead us, and you give us opportunities. You show us opportunities for us to be a servant in your kingdom so that our wealth does not just belong to us, belongs to the kingdom so that we, our blessings may be multiplied and therefore your kingdom multiplied. Matthew 18, 19 says, if at least two of us agree on earth about anything we ask, it will be done for our father in heaven. So we come together in agreement when we say amen, 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 in Jesus name, amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We love you so much. We can't wait to catch you on the live or we'll see you next week. Bye.